This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. for Holy Communion, and visit us on the web at holytrinityrec.org. Enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. This response, as we read in 1 Samuel 17 this morning, to the taunts and the challenges of defiance by Goliath to the people of Israel, is one that we that resonates with us when we face Goliaths in our lives. As we move through 1 Samuel together, we will spend three weeks on probably the most well-known chapter of this book, David versus Goliath. It's a pretty safe assumption to say that most of us like these type of stories. David versus Goliath. Those of us that are sports fans can probably relate, naming storylines and games and so forth of the weakest team going against the strongest team and the weakest team prevailing. In other avenues, such as our history, we can recall such events of the little, the weak, defeating the much much stronger side in countless types of endeavors. For us as Christians, though, we have to see, due to our sin nature, that we are all weak in various parts of our lives and that we are all in dire need for the help of God, especially as we face our enemies. It is often when we think we are strong and capable that we will fall due to not admitting that we are always a David-like figure when we face the world, the flesh, and the devil. This morning, let us look at the first part of this well-known account in 1 Samuel 17 with the background set for David's eventual defeat of the giant Goliath. To begin, the first 11 verses speak of Goliath's defiance of Israel and ultimately God. As God's chosen people, any attack upon the nation of Israel other than an act of chastisement upon them for her unrepentant sins was also an attack upon the name of God. As the first three verses of this chapter indicate, the Philistines gathered to attack Israel in the territory of Judah. They had invaded Philistia, as a continuous enemy of God and his people for generations, was arrayed for battle, was preparing to attack God's own children. One common issue we have as Christians is that we become lax in our caution for potential enemies. Also, we tend to become lax by underestimating our own propensity to, to, to sin, to fall for the temptations of the Goliaths in our lives that seek our harm. Or we rationalize certain sins because we easily abstain from others and in the end are overwhelmed when we least expect it. Over and over again in scripture we see that when we think we're strong, we will actually fall because we are relying on our own strength and not the strength 
of God. The enemies of Israel constantly harassed Israel. They constantly were a threat. And this threat of Philistia, as we read here, was real. Needed to be, it was something that had to be overcome by God's people. God's call upon Israel repeatedly in this, in this historical time was to fight in the name of God to defeat their enemies through the sword and by faith through obedience to God. If they did not do these things in the grace of God, they would not be able to stand. The same is true of us. We have enemies due to our status as God's children. As children, by nature, we're weak. We face constant attacks to get us to cave into evil. The call upon us in seeing threats as real is, as our epistle stated, to put to death the deeds of the body, the deeds of the flesh. In place of putting to death the deeds of the flesh is to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, fully owning our status as God's children to live as such by his help and grace alone. The fight is real. The enemies are real. The enemies, just as Goliath, must be met in battle through Jesus Christ. Verses 4 through 8 of this section speaks of the giant warrior Goliath coming out to despise Israel and to challenge someone from the army of Israel to meet him in a winner-take-all challenge. This section gives us a detailed description of this warrior, his implements of battle, his weapons, his armor. It's important for us not only to know our enemies, but also to know their capabilities against us. We are not to go blindly into facing the enemies of the cross. We are not to contend for the faith blindly without knowing the abilities of our enemies. Knowing what they are capable of is important in knowing that we cannot stand alone against them. That we cannot stand without Christ. It is only Christ that defeats our enemies. We must believe and live by faith in him as we fight for the faith. Goliath came out repeatedly to challenge and to defy God and Israel. We must pay attention to what our enemies are doing preparing constantly to challenge them with the weapons that God has granted us as his church in Ephesians 6, the armor of God, God's word. Verses 9 through 11 speaks of this defiant challenge of Goliath against God's people. The challenge was to meet him in single combat. In our day, how do we face Goliaths? How do we face those to defy Jesus Christ and threaten his people through attacks that are both spiritual and physical in nature? It's rather easy, if you think about it, to identify the physical enemies of the cross, those that seek to physically kill and harm Christians. These sorts are faced the same way Christians have faced such as since going back to the cross of Jesus Christ, to the stoning of St. Stephen remaining faithful while serving as a visible witness to Jesus Christ, even to the point of physical death. But it is the other sort, 
the Goliaths that attack us through spiritual means to try to sway us from the faith. They're the hardest to detect and sometimes the hardest to resist in many ways. They are what we read of today in the gospel lesson where Jesus warned us, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Often the false prophets of all ages, especially today, will seek to make themselves immune from scrutiny or even the biblical admonition to test everything we hear through the lens of God's word. They will build a false trust, so to speak, so that the listener goes to sleep to believe everything the false teacher teaches. Such are the Goliaths that are sometimes found within the church that threaten us. To challenge these, we must know our status in Jesus Christ. We must remind ourselves of who we are in Christ. As Romans 8.16 reminds us, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And such as verse 17 states of the epistle today, we are fellow heirs with Jesus Christ. When we do not know our status of who we are, false prophets come in and will challenge the truth that we are God's children in some way or the other. When we know our status, we will recognize genuine prophets from false prophets through what we will see in our next section in a proper preparation for battle. Our last section of the first third of 1 Samuel 17 speaks of David preparing to visit the camp of Israel as this camp prepared for battle, to visit his three brothers that were there. Even though we read that David helped Saul with his bouts of torment in the last chapter, we see here that David still maintained his role within his family to help with the shepherding of the flocks. With the invasion of the Philistines, all of Israel was disrupted as was David's own family, with three of his own brothers on the front lines preparing to battle against this dire enemy. David, as we see here, did not come to this camp as a warrior, but as a servant, learning, as we read last week, how to be a servant leader. His service of King Saul, of his father, and of his brother's led to his work of service eventually to deliver Israel from Goliath. After reading in verses 12 through 15 of David's role and service, we read in verse 16 that Goliath's ritual, if you will, of defying Israel to send a man out to do single combat with him lasted for 40 days, morning and evening, every day. We read of many instances in scripture of a 40-day period of time, usually having to do with something that is holy, fasting, prayer, preparation. But here, though, Israel endured 40 days of wicked defiance against Israel and God by Goliath. The Philistine giant was seeking to set up an anti-God statement through a wicked spiritual discipline of wearing Israel down by his persistent verbal challenges, defiance, and attacks against God's people. 
the Goliaths we encounter in the guise of false prophets are equally as relentless. They exhibit an unholy patience that has a false veneer of holiness that is really meant to hide their true identity. That they are not children of God, that they are really children of perdition, slaves to sin and death. They will patiently seek out our souls, trying to steer us to serve them over serving Jesus Christ alone. We will know them by their fruits as they spend much time cultivating something that looks good but really is rotten and full of poison. Far too often we tend to paint a picture of false prophets as people that we can spot a mile away. The truth is that it is not so easy. It takes quality time to discern the enemy, to know the enemy, and this quality time is to, ta- to stay steeped in God's holy word. The key is knowing fully, again, who we are in Jesus Christ, regardless of what others try to woo us with through their deceit. Verses 17 and 18 speak of David's charge by his father to bring supplies of food to his brother and supplies of cheese to the commanders of the army of Israel. In addition, his father wanted a token that his brothers were doing well. This future king of Israel, anointed in front of these very brothers, was called to serve them, to bring them food, to do a menial task. In our lives of faith, it's important to know that our Savior teaches us the importance of this servant leadership. Such often means lowliness, humility, We all have a crucial role to fill in the body of Christ for the health of the entire body. David's brothers were facing a stressful threat by Goliath. They needed someone from home, something from home to give them courage and strength. And Jesse, the father of them, sent food. David, in this role as servant, was in fact being sent forth as a servant to face Goliath as the weakest of the weak of all Israel. He was nowhere close to what would have been expected of a great warrior to face this threat. Yet God called him, as we'll see, to face Goliath. God calls all of us at various degrees to fill the roles we are called to fill. Often very mundane, such as a young David taking food to his older brothers. We can learn much in our lives of faith with the humility of David to serve even though he had been anointed king and thus prepared to take the next step God called him to with facing this giant. Yet often the enemies of our souls get us before we even get moving. They get us to think we are so much better than others that we refuse to serve because we come up with excuses for more important things that we have to do in our lives. Yet service, as we see with David, teaches humility. In service do we learn to seek God's word, to submit to God's word, even when it grates against our sin nature, against our sinful culture. If we are unwilling to serve, we will be unwilling to learn and know how to fight when the proper time arrives. 
humility to serve is well needed in our day. In service, do we learn in the words of our psalm today the value of submitting to the path that has been outlined in Holy Scripture, to delight in the paths of Holy Scripture over and against the paths of sinful humanity. If we do not humbly submit to the word of God, we will not be ready to face our enemies. Let us learn from David, from our Lord Jesus Christ, to submit to him in all humility. Jesus Christ, in his humility, defeated every enemy. No, we cannot be as humble as Christ was. We all have our blind spots. The issue is admitting such and ever being ready while serving one another to be convicted of where we are weak, where we need help, where we need to admit our weakness in areas we thought we were strong. David did not come into the Israelite camp with the expectation to do what he did against Goliath. He came simply in an act of service, an act of love to his people, to his king, to his brothers. He came content in the season God had him in to serve even his brothers in the army of the Lord. He came with a servant's heart, being prepared by God to do his will. Let us, as the body of Christ, serve one another as we serve Christ, knowing he is preparing all of us to take steps in the faith, in the defense of the faith, that we could not see beforehand. Yes, the enemies of the cross try to dismay us. They try to instill fear in us, just as Goliath did to Saul and Israel. Instead, let us trust in Jesus Christ alone that forever answered all our fears, everything that dismays us through his loving life, his death, his resurrection, to save us, enabling all of us in contentment to serve one another, to serve him to his glory. Amen.